This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We invite you to listen every Sunday morning for a presentation of historic Bible-based Christianity, highlighting preaching of the Word, classic song, hymns and spiritual songs. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Today's worship theme, God's call in our lives requires a response. The Gospel that saves. Have you ever wondered why some people who've heard the truth about the life, death and resurrection of Christ still look elsewhere for salvation? Even children who've been reared in a Christian environment and have attended church all their lives stray from Christ as soon as they're out of the home. The Apostle Paul dealt with a similar situation among the believers at Corinth. Some had wandered from the faith to pursue tangential issues or competing philosophers. In an effort to bring them back to a knowledge of the truth, Paul encourages them to stand firm under the authority of the one true gospel, the gospel that saves. We read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of about five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I laboured more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believe. Only one gospel staves. Slip into a bookstore, turn in your television, or just visit with your neighbour, and you'll be amazed at the number of conflicting new messages about God, sin, and the path to heaven. Our world has become a global village in which Christianity is relegated to an alternative philosophy about the nature of God and humanity. In addition, many Christians have fallen into heresies such as the idolatry of angels and improper manifestations of the Holy Spirit during worship. 
Paul exhorts the church to stand firm in the one and only gospel that brings salvation, the good news about Jesus Christ. Those who promote new revelations betray the faith. What Paul preached 2,000 years ago remains the exclusive means by which we have a relationship with our God and Creator. Adherence to any other message distorts the truth and condemns those who believe it. The truth of that gospel. So what is the truth? Paul provides the essential facts about what one must believe in order to be saved. First, Christ died for our sins. He became our substitute and incurred the penalty of death on our behalf. Second, he was buried. Jesus experienced a physical death on the cross. Third, he was raised on the third day. Jesus conquered death through the power of God and arose in bodily form. The resurrection certifies the identity of Jesus as God's Son and the opportunity for his followers to receive the same promise of resurrection and eternal life. How do we know this event really occurred? Paul answers his critics with a list of witnesses to whom Jesus appeared. None of these people expected a risen Saviour, but most of them would die a martyr's death on account of their risen Lord. In addition, Paul acknowledges the testimony of Scripture to the purpose of the Messiah. The death and resurrection of Christ was foretold long before it transpired. The perennial authority for what we believe and why we believe it remains grounded in the Bible. The grace of that gospel. Paul himself encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. The man who persecuted Christians became the world's greatest church planter. However, Paul quickly admits that his transformation was due to the wonderful grace of God. Ultimately, our faith in the gospel that saves is a matter of grace. The wall of the scripture points to Jesus. Though the blood of martyrdom cries his holy name, we cannot affirm the truth of his word until God's grace reveals to us the same. As the Lord appears to us, we must respond in faith and trust by standing firm beneath the authority of the good news. We must not be misplaced by those who offer alternatives, for there's only one gospel, and by this gospel you are saved. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Our first music today, And Can It Be That I Should Gain, is a hymn written by Charles Wesley. It's been suggested that this is one of Wesley's best loved of the 6,000 hymns he wrote. It was written in 1738 to celebrate his conversion, which he regarded as having taken place on May the 21st of that year. Many of his other hymns have risen to the ranks of religious poetry, such as those beginning, Ye servants of God, your master proclaim, Come thou long-expected Jesus, Arise, my soul, arise, Love divine, all loves excelling, Soldiers of Christ, arise, Oh, for a thousand tongues to him, And the noble Christian hymn, Hark the herald angels sing. That's a wonderful list of hymns to be written by one man. And can it be that I should gain?
my chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose went forth and followed me. If all of humanity descended from Adam and Eve, as the Bible teaches, how is it possible that people have different blood types today? An answer comes from basic genetics. Unlike other traits that are controlled by multiple genes, the A, B and O blood types are controlled by a single gene. However, this gene comes in three slightly different versions, known as alleles, and this is why we have these three possible major blood types. When God created Adam and Eve, He could have created them with great genetic variety. This means Adam and Eve could have possessed all three alleles between them. However, blood type O appears to be due to a mutated or damaged version of blood type A allele, which suggests it arose later in human history. This means Adam and Eve would only need to possess the A and B alleles between them. So the origin of blood types is consistent with the Bible's history. To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 FM is live streamed from freem.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. Our next music... Oh my God, I long for you. Based on Psalm 62, composed and sung by Chris Skinner. Oh my God, I long for you. me say 
Responding to Jesus Even a casual reading of the New Testament will help us to understand that people respond to Jesus in different ways. Some ran to him, while others ran away from him. Some praised him, while others cursed him. But hardly anyone was indifferent. Consider the different responses of one man, Simon Peter. He progressed in his reaction to Jesus. We read from Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gesenaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them who were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they'd done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought the ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. The Response of the Skeptic can't you just see him standing there with a smirk on his face? Peter had fished all night but had no results. Then Jesus, a carpenter, came along and gave Simon a fishing tip. Imagine the master fisherman being given an instruction by a carpenter. The text makes clear the fact that Simon Peter was sceptical about Jesus' instruction. Why should he not be sceptical? After all, he knew more about fishing than Jesus did. Or did he? But the sceptic did at least move a bit. 
He threw the net where Jesus instructed and was in for the first of a great many surprises that came his way in his association with the carpenter who could also fish. The response of the sinner. Peter realised that something momentous had happened. Nobody caught fish like he had just done without a very good cause. He realised that the cause was Jesus. Simon moved from the scant of the sceptic to the reaction of the sinner when he felt himself to be unworthy to be in Jesus' presence. He acted like other persons of biblical note when encountering the presence of God. Consider Abraham in Genesis 18.27, or Job in Job 42.6, or Isaiah in Isaiah 6.5. All said in effect, I'm not worthy to be in your presence, Lord. But the good news of the gospel is that sinners are invited to come to God. In Christ, God really forgives. Fisher Humphreys has written of this, At the cross, God in Christ bore the ultimate consequences of sin, thereby giving faith to divine forgiveness. When a man repents and trusts God, he is gloriously forgiven. No better hope for a sinner is conceivable, it seems to me, than that he should be forgiven by God in this costly way. The response of the surrendered. The sceptic became convinced of his sin and reacted accordingly. But he didn't stop there. Jesus has work for all sinners who turn to him. He calls us out to go into the world to become fishers of men. Christians are like a star thrower. Anthropologist Lauren Isley was once walking along a beach where he saw people gathering shells. One man was collecting starfish that had been washed upon the beach that night. Whenever he found one still alive, the man would throw it back into the water. Isley began to throw the starfish back too. He said, it was like sowing, the sowing of life. This is a picture of Christian enablers of life rather than the calculators of death. They offer hope, truth and life rather than tragedy and destruction. Peter moved from the sceptic to the realisation of his sinful condition to a surrendered posture. Only then could Jesus do anything with him. What can he do with you? We continue with Forth in Thy Name, O Lord, I Go by Charles Wesley.
This is Peter and Tricia thanking you for joining us today for great news and God's views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the Free FM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our closing music today, To See Your Face. This is based on Psalm 26 and sung by Chris Skinner. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.